It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Luca B Show. It's Thursday. How the devil are you? Are you all hugged out? Have you spent most of this week in that pub? If indeed you uh, enjoy that sort of thing, uh, let us know. <laughs> Hello, LukeBigShow.com. I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Luke Miller, and we are back once again to talk absolute rubbish. How are you doing, Luke? You all right? Pretty good, thanks. Yeah, not too not too bad. I'm just pleased to see you've calmed down since Monday's escapades. Oh, I could always ramp it up. I could always ramp it back up again, so to speak, but I had to push, to push the ramp at uh, a low speed. Um, <clears> I, I was thinking that, um, you know, we were talking on Monday about how you failed your driving test. Well, How you many don't more? Like that. Say again. <laughs> you don't. You don't fail it, as the man was at pains to say. He said, "I can't pass you. I couldn't pass my driving test." <laughs> okay, so you failed to pass your driving test. Um, yeah. Um, and I was wondering how many other bad things would have to happen to you this week to make it the worst week of your life. Well, I mean, I don't like the fact that you're uh, looking down at your computer like you've got something for me. <laughs> <laughs> Because I've spoken to your family. Right. <laughs> no, I, no, I just wondered because some people get affected by it. Some people think, ah, oh, whatever it is, what it is, you know, just get on with it. I'm just wondering you if, you're, if you're dwelling on it still. You know what? It was a good weekend of football last weekend. Allison's yeah. header, Leicester City, you know, Newcastle putting a performance against Man City. It's, it's, it's not all bad. Football's back. Football's picking up where my life is coming. Nah, the week starts. The week starts on Monday. So you can't, uh, um, you okay. can't, you can't count that. I just yeah, wondered okay, if you, that. if you are going to bounce back or whether you're going to disappear into your shell over all this. That's all I want to know. I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love access to a shell. To be quite frank, I mean, I've got, look, I've got a house move on the horizon. I, I've got to be thinking about that. To be quite frank, I got, I got to think about disassembling a massive um, wardrobe that costs nearly a grand. It's, it's all my, my sort of tumble stumble into domesticity uh, it obviously it's not going particularly well because I can't trust to pass my uh, driving lesson uh, driving test but um, you know I'm thinking about moving house I'm thinking about disassembling a, a wardrobe that's ten times bigger than I am it's 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 all going off it's fun I don't think I would ever move house again without getting professional people to help me did you not the first time no and it was a mistake <laughs> what did you do just get a van it's just yeah Wow, that's a, I mean, that's, that's an undertaking. Yeah, it's too much. I think, because the worst thing about it was that um, I was moving from a first floor flat to another first floor flat. Mm. And so, and it's just like, the house I live in now is really quite old. It's like, I think it was built in 1900. 
so the dimensions are odd and it's sunk a bit and like there's different bits going on and so couldn't get the um sofa upstairs for example you know right, that kind of okay. thing. um and it's just you, there's no there's like it comes a point where you can have people helping you but mm. i do think i'm a big believer like um you know that it's fair enough it's not counted as a profession like the Tories would say, oh, it's an unskilled piece of labour or whatever. But moving house, if you've done a 500 of them because it's your job, you're going to be good at it. You're going to know the tricks of the trade. You're going to know what to do in different situations, mm. you know. You're going to know what order to move stuff in, you know, <laughs> how to label things. You know, all, all these yeah. things that come along. We, we do a terrible job in this country of really beefing up and really supporting and helping or, or respecting people who do really important jobs that for some reason society has deemed it not skilled like mm. moving a fucking house to another house is a skilled job I don't care what you say and, it is. and that's what I learned when I moved and it was in February of 2014 and I'm still not over it <laughs> I had to I mean I only moved a one bedroom flat into and I've got a lot of town but I've not got that much stuff there wasn't enough room in, in my Soho um, grief hall but um, yeah. two, two, two Iraqi lads like a, I think it was a father and son kind of team and and, and, and they just they, they were like it was like mad kind of heavy Tetris it was amazing what they did like, yeah. and, and they know what to you know with a big flat screen they know where to put that thing you know where to where to sort of protect it so it doesn't get smashed it's a it's a it's a massive skill set and, and and to be honest they had two or three more drops after they finished with me so they had to fit in two other drops with, with, with my stuff as well it's, a, it's it's incredible I mean they're not gonna they, they're not gonna face uh, it, it's not gonna be like this kind of they're gonna have a big Sisyphean sort of cry at the bottom of a stairwell when they can't get sore up the bloody thing, are they? They're not going to go, well, this well, can't you watch go. Well, you watching me, Well, at some point, when you're trying to get that sofa up the stairs, you must have been going, this isn't going to get through that door. This isn't going to get up the stairs. I'm just going to have to yeah. burn this. I'll just leave it outside, like the, yeah. um, the, the sofa in Friends or something. Like I say, were you there? Because, I mean, <laughs> describing this pretty just accurately. Just a bit of a breakdown. Oh, well, listen, the, one of the worst things about the whole thing was that a mate of mine had moved house like a month before. So he had, like a, he had a spare sofa, and I didn't have anything because we had moved from a furnished flat to an unfurnished one, right? Mm. So I was, I was on the mission. I was like, yeah, I'll take that, I'll take that. Anything free, I'll take. And mm. my mate gave me this big corner sofa. And he said, like, well, <laughs> this is how it gets ridiculous, right? Mm. He said, it's there for you. He lived, he lives outside, he, at the time, he was living outside London. He had a big old place. He was like, look, the sofa's there for you. It's in the garage. Whenever you want it, you come and get it. So on the same day, I drove down to uh, Godalming in Surrey. Um, and for those who don't know UK geography very well, I mean, it's like an hour away uh, mm. from where I live. I drove down there, picked it up in the back of the van, which, by the way, I'd already used to move my other stuff. Right? Mm. Then I had to go down to my parents' house on the south coast to pick up some more stuff. Then I had to drive back up to the house, and the sofa didn't fit in the fucking house. So I literally had to leave it outside anyway. It's a complete waste of time. It's, it's so stressful it? moving house, I'm telling you. I think it's the most stressful thing you can do. And that's even before you talk about all the machinations of actually buying the thing in the first place, which mm. is just a complete saga, always. Mm. Well, look, I'm, I'm glad. So, so, so what happened to solve? You just have to take it to the tip or whatever? No, because in our neighbourhood, people just take stuff. <laughs> you just put free on it and people just take it. Oh, okay, fair do. Fair Your dogs are going mad. I know, yeah, that's probably the boss and something like that. What can I do? I can, look, I, I can only, I can mirror, I can signal, I can manoeuvre, but if the dogs start barking, I can't help it. They're crying. It's sad. They're, they're upset about you. Um, 
moving house. Not passing my test. <laughs> Peter, um, they were like, these are the basics, Pete. You know, we had, we had you mentioned on an earlier show that um, where you were moving to, and we had an email from someone mm. saying, just literally just saying, oh, by the way, when you turn up, Pete, let me know if you need any help with this, and I'll give you, a, you know, give me a shout. You want to go for a beer? I saw that. Yeah. I forwarded I, I that to my, to my partner. It was very sweet of that person. So uh, thank you very much. I'm going to take you up on that offer. You know, it, 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 that is the thing about like kind of moving to an area. You don't know uh, like who the best like sparkies are, who the best you know kitchen fitters are, all that stuff. It's just a uh, bit of a nightmare. Bit I don't think he's going to fit a kitchen for you. I just think he wants to beat you for a pint. <laughs> he might do. You know who else lives in South End, <laughs> Peter? Uh-oh. Is it the South End Strangler? Almost. Uh, Big Pav. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah. Right, OK. From the show Big Pav. Lovely. Yeah, so what's, he, what's he get up to in South End? What, what business does he have out I there? Think he's, I think he's from there. Ah, OK, right. Interesting. So we'll, um, oh, well, I'll, I'll get on his pub G. Yeah, if he wants to come around and insult you, I'm sure if you want someone to come around and give <laughs> you shit, I'm it. sure he'll be happy to do it. <laughs> Shout in your face. Tell you what you're doing wrong. Um, yeah, so good luck with it, Pete. Um, um, one thing I would say is that... Um, Speaking of, I mean, the reason earlier I was asking you if you had a bad week or not, did you read about this farmer in Belgium mm-hmm. who, um, <laughs> who who calls himself a local history enthusiast, right? <laughs> uh, saw a, um, this, local, this local, sorry, they're two separate people. This local histor- history enthusiast was out walking in the forest when he noticed... Um, local dogger. A f- <laughs> so what's going on it there? It sounds like mate? the start of one, doesn't it? Yeah. Not the guy who, yeah. um, <laughs> not the guy. The Virgin Broadband Bill, yeah. Not yeah. the guy who saw uh, two men caught in flagrante and, and argued that it gave his dog a limp. Do you remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. Was that a Tory MP? Yeah, no? I can't remember. <laughs> he said that seeing two men in the countryside uh, naked gave his dog a limp. Anyway, it's a different. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't really understand where that comes from, but uh, the dog doesn't get the dog. Listen, a male dog will fuck anything, won't it? It's not going to be yeah. shocked by anything. A male dog, is it? <laughs> no, no, it so isn't. So I don't understand why. That's mine. I don't understand why that's the case. Uh, by the way, when I was a kid, I remember. Um, I'm going to get onto this Belgian farmer in a minute. When I was a kid, <laughs> my parents took me for um, a KFC because one opened up in Gosport, right? Right, it's like yeah. a big deal, right? This is in like the 80s. Yeah, yeah. I remember when the Burger King first opened there as well, and it was like everyone was like losing their shit about it. I remember the first McDonald's, mate. Hartley Pull's first McDonald's, brilliant, near the Tesco, fantastic. Burger King came along a bit later, though, didn't it? We never had a Burger King. Oh, okay, right. anyway, except we did, still done. There's a McDonald's in Gosport as well, but I can't remember that opening. I think that might have been there before I kind of realised. But mm. anyway, they opened, there's a KFC that opened up, right? And um, I was about seven, I think. And um, my mum and dad said, let's go to KFC, you know, you know it's like a new thing. So mm. we went down there and it, it was so busy that he couldn't eat in there. And uh, so mum right. and dad said, oh, don't, don't worry about it. What we'll do is we'll get the bucket or whatever it is, whatever we had, and we'll take it, drive down the coast to the coast, which is, isn't far, obviously, because that's where we, where we live. Mm. And we'll sit in the car and we'll eat it, right? And you see like old people doing that all the time. Like, they go and get fish and yeah. chips and sit fish in the car. Chips. It's nice because you want to go nice. to the beach, but I guess if you're old, maybe you feel the cold a little bit more. You don't want to... Um, you see, you just sit in the car, right? And you watch the sea. And it's nice. Mm. Right? You see a lot of people doing it. Anyway, family of us, yeah? KFC, that in the car, down to the um, ferry bit, the harbour. Sat there, right? Eating our food. And a bloke just walks along. There's a bench by the bus station. Anyone who's familiar with Gosport will know exactly where I am talking about. 
It's a bus station, right? This is probably about 5 p.m., right? Dinner time for a mm. kid. I'm seven. I ain't mm. eating my dinner any later mm-hmm. than seven o'clock. Latest, am I, at seven? Mm. So down there, bloke walks along. Looks around quite furtively, just sort of looking around. A girl comes along, right? They sit on the bench and just start having sex on the bench. <laughs> my parents had to... My mum had to drive us away. Drive, drive you away like we're doing with a shepherd's car. No, as in, like, drive the car <laughs> away. Like, right, it's not finger-licking guns. This is terrible. <laughs> but no one... Because we're like a... Because we're like a... a, a Brit, so, I guess a socially awkward, normal British family, no one, no one said anything. Mm. Just drove off. Yeah, so I just got... <laughs> just went, let's go somewhere else. We just went somewhere else. I'll never forget it. It's like 33 years ago. I'll never forget it. It's like when a friend of my dad's was on um, some kind of safari uh, and they sort of drove past a village and a man came out and he had um, giganticism of the testicles. Uh, what? Lifted up his, lifted up his smock and, and asked for some coins. Um, and nobody said a word about it. <laughs> Just <laughs> gave him some coins, never discussed it again. Uh, until later on, they sort of went out and went, I've got to get this off my chest, Stewie. Um, I saw a man with gigantic to the floor testicles and I've just, I've already just come to terms with it. Why is money changing hands? <laughs> well, because he's, he's a beggar, isn't he? So he's, I, I don't think it was like a, a freak show. I think he was just sort of going, look at the state of my testicles. Yeah. Can I have some money, please? What are you going to do with the money? Is it for a well, fun? I don't, I don't bloody know. Is it for a fun? <laughs> Maybe. For some wheels on it, yeah. some other skates. I don't know. I, I, I feel oh, like dear. you know, like um, when you're a kid. So you used to see porno mags in like bushes and stuff, right? Mm. Why was that a thing? When, when I was in Weymouth a couple of weeks ago, um, I was walking through this kind of little little hedge, and I was thinking, God. This would be prime pornography spots. <laughs> so if you were going to look for pornography in the 80s, 90s, I know it's like a well-worn comedic path, but yeah, I was thinking there's got to be some but the, but the thing is, mags in here somewhere. It is a well-worn comedic cliche, right? I get it, right? A stand-up... You know, for a reason. There's five million stand-ups in the UK now. Right? You're never more than mm. three foot from a stand-up, right? Most of them are absolutely mm. fucking shit, and they all talk about this kind of stuff. I get it, right? But this genuinely did used to happen, and I fear that younger listeners to this show won't fully appreciate or understand what we're saying. For no reason at all, there were pornographic magazines in bushes when we were kids. And I don't know why. Was Mm. it because a man would go to the shop, buy one, read it, and then leave it in the bush because he didn't want to take it home or something? I think, yeah, transient masturbators. I think that, that, that's that's the, the, the transient masturbatory community uh, would leave uh, magazines in, in hedges. But also, you know, I guess kids would buy... I don't really know kids would buy... I remember sort of seeing stashes quite a lot. Like, people would... There'd be, like, lots of magazines yeah. in one place just dumped. And that is clearly... Uh, they're moving house, so dad's had to go into the cupboard under the floorboards, pull them out, get rid. You can't just put them in a bin, can you? You can't really just put them, you have to litter, you have to put them in some Can I just say they were uh, always in air raid shelters when I was a kid? <laughs> because, because I like the fact that you, for a lot of kids you're going to have to explain air raid shelters probably you're going to have to explain the war uh, and also well, paper pornography. But back in the day, Imagine printing, like, I'm not printing, imagine a paper-based iPad, <laughs> but it's in the hedge and uh, it's got Linda Lusardi on it. <laughs> They're not going to know Linda Lusardi is, are they? 
but but um, the the um, and I don't. To be fair to Linda, I don't think she ever did um, full pornographic magazines. She's a page three girl. Okay, fine. Certainly not European strength. Pornography. Which when um, <laughs> when my wife moved to the UK in 2016, she had never heard of nor seen page three of the sun before and thought it was the weirdest thing she'd ever experienced like in her life she was like right so yeah because I, I, <laughs> so, so basically this is the world this is the country's most popular newspaper yeah and when you open the front mm-hmm. page you just see a random woman topless yeah why yeah i don't know it's always been like that <laughs> what, what's the point of it no idea <laughs> it, but it's like it is like it's it's so basically so sexless it's so there's no kind of like there's no it's not interesting it's just this inert kind of asinine kind of display of flesh for no reason it's it was never sexy it was never hot it was never in, really interesting unless you were like a bit educationally subnormal and sat in a van it was it was interesting then to go look at this mate look at this Steve it's a girl without any top Uh, see you next see you tomorrow and we'll do this again or if you were like can I just say that is the weirdest conversation I've ever heard Look at this, But it's, but it's, but I think it was like our kind of version of trying to be a little bit European, maybe because because yeah. in Europe, in, in mainland Europe, you'd sort of see um, adver- advertising like high fashion advertising for perfumes and uh, underwear and stuff like that, and you'd see women, you'd see nipples effectively, and that was kind of like, and when you went to the mainland for a trip to Belgium or, or, or Holland or whatever, you'd be like. <laughs> oh my, c'est vrai That is a very exciting. I've seen a lady was at the top, uh, a tiny skinny lady was at the top. Um, and it makes, I think, America, I think certainly Americans, when, when for example, when they talk to you, I do a podcast called Wrestle Me with a guy called Mark. And, and when uh, the sort of attitude era, era uh, when that kind of wrestling setup came over to uh, London, they did like a house show where they, or, or a film show um, for, for television, like a pay per view, um, where um, a woman just got her top off. But they just assumed because of things like the Sun newspaper, because of fake advertising uh, in, in, in mainland Europe, they thought it was acceptable to have one of the wrestlers lose her top in front of a load of kids. <laughs> like, I never so knew that happened. Judged. So yeah, it was, and and they don't really talk about it. It was a you know in the, in the pantheon of shameful things that that company have perpetrated. It was one of the more shameful things. But Europeans have a reputation of being like needlessly sexual at the weirdest times. I thought, I'm going to enjoy a biscotti and a boom. Well, boom. that well that is true. Uh, I I um mm. I assumed that page three came from Carry On films or something. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's, but it's it's too revealing. It's not it's not um it's not suggestive, is it? It's just this is my top. It's insane. It is mad. I don't I don't I, I don't. It's just very hard. It's, it, what it is is the classic example of one of those things that once it's been stopped and. Yeah. And you look back at it and go, that was a bit of a weird time, wasn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> a weird time. You know? I'm not suggesting that like, I didn't think it was terrible or weird or sexist at the time. I'm sure I probably did. But it just, of course it's sexist and unacceptable, but it's just also odd. 
It's like it's completely yeah, it's, pointless. The, the, the primary sort of thing is is that it's just fucking weird. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say anyway. Yeah. It's a Belgian farmer, right? And um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's found some porn. He probably was. found some pornos in his in his fields. But anyway, <laughs> he was ploughing his field on a tractor, right? And right. he um, found a stone in his path, which was in the way mm. of what he was trying to do. And it was quite a big stone. So he picked it up and he moved it a few metres out of the way. But what he didn't mm. realise was that that was the boundary between France and Belgium. <laughs> and um, so ultimately he made Belgium two metres bigger and France smaller. Or as the mayor of the Belgian village said, um, this is not a good idea. Um, and I think, and it's an interesting story, right? And, you know, fine, it's quite funny. I think if you are a farmer who lives off the land and you live that close to the French border, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing there. <laughs> What, do you reckon he just did it and just went, and uh, just sort of like, sort of thought, I wonder how long this is going to take before uh, I get in trouble? I think it's this. almost like the Shawshank Redemption, where every day you go back and you steal a little bit more, dig a bit more of a tunnel. Oh, do you reckon he's just, do you reckon this has been like the work of like years and years and years? Yeah. He just moved a couple of centimetres every year. Before you know it, France, oh, France no longer exists. <laughs> I mean, he'd have to go some. I mean, I would probably move the French border more than the Belgian border. <laughs> well, they're the same thing, aren't they? Yeah, but like I would, sorry, I would move it towards Belgium rather than towards France because you're gonna take it's gonna take a long time. That's gonna be your life's work. Yeah, but to he's try Belgium. It's not gonna make Belgium tiny, does it? It's already small. <laughs> well, you could just yeah. There's absolutely no precedent for any. Um, there's no. I mean, there's no precedent for Belgium's. Um, borders to have been compromised at any point during the 20th century so I don't know what he's worried about <laughs> <laughs> anyway I don't know what um, I don't know how like it, why we need those stones because I, I don't know you know like how they would measure what's uh, Belgium what's France what's you know France what's Spain all that stuff like I don't know how granular the data actually goes like you yeah. know how it actually people just assume and how, accept it, right? it are we talking centimetre yeah we assume yeah. that like this metre or 10 metres square is France. This 10 metres square is Belgium. I wonder how uh, granular it gets, how small it gets. Can it go down centimetres, millimetres even? I mean, if you go down centimetres, presumably you could go down millimetres. Presumably you go even smaller than that's, that. To micros. That's why the, um, the plank length is so interesting in science, because I think I'm right in saying that there, would just be, there, would, there was always this philosophical problem that you could always technically half the distance... So I think it was, some, it was some Greek philosopher who said that philosophically speaking, in theory, you could never actually cross a river because if you, mm. if you went half a distance each time, you'd never quite get there. Mm. But actually, that's not true because when you get down to a very small length, like the plank length, it, reality becomes a bit weird. Subatomically, it becomes all foamy and odd and it's a bit all over the place and you can no longer make the measurements. So... You can only get out so far, I think, is the answer to that question. But I'll leave the final word on this to the Belgian mayor, who said, um, I was happy my town was bigger, but the French mayor did not agree. <laughs> Never upset a French mm. mayor. Uh, right, we'll be back up to this with some battery brands and some of your email. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow-up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. This week at Sukarnov... If you're wondering how Ashwood City Football Club dealt with the news of the European Super League, then binge the award-winning mockumentary The Offensive this summer. I think a few of the players are considering taking to social media. No, fucking no. Okay, turn off the fucking Wi-Fi for all I get. Tear down the 4G mark. Patrick, you've got a Zoom call with the other 14 right now. The 14? What? The remaining Premier League clubs. Oh, for fuck's sake. I don't want to talk to those fucking losers. Or if you'd rather get stuck into a comedy film podcast, why not check out Clash of the Titles? The podcast where two films with something in common go head-to-head to decide which one is better. Their latest episode saw Red Heat up against Tango and Cash. In both films, I think someone says, where did you learn to drive like that? Which no one ever says in real life. Oh, I had lessons. Uh, but a nice callback. And you know, now, you know the balls, but oh yeah. How many times did you take to pass? You passed first time, what about your written test? All that... And a whole lot more at Sakhanov. Now we're back. It's the Luke Beach Show. It's a Thursday. I'm Pete Donaldson, joined by Mr. Luke Moore. If you want to get into the show, it is unbelievably simple. Uh, it's hello at LukeBeachShow.com. That's our email address. We don't have a phone number. We've, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. You can get into the show on there as well. Uh, that will be collated and delivered to the show uh, post-haste. Have we got some new battery brands, Luke Moore? Yes, we have. We've got Tom Mugg's uh, suggestion, which is um, all key batteries. All key. Uh, I think they're new players. Yeah, it sounds like the sort of batteries you'd put inside a sousaphone or a piano. Yeah, I think you can have a new player there, Tom Monk. Mm. I clicked on his tweet and um, it said, is this, you know, hi Luke and Pete show, found these batteries, are they a new player? Fair enough, they are. Mm. His next tweet says, 
I'm, I'm optimistic there won't be, but if there is another severe peak of infections with COVID that delays stage four, it will be solely the fault of the government's border strategy. So I think what's happened there, Tom is showing us he is capable of the frivolous and the serious. The serious, all I care. On one Twitter feed. So well done Good. to him. Thank but you, he's, Tom. He's got a new player entering the game there. Um, has sent in new leaders. New leaders are not new players. Mm, okay. We've seen loads of new leaders over the years, haven't we, Peter? <laughs> yeah, certainly in uh, this uh, cabinet, this government. <laughs> <laughs> and the final one for now is Sean, who's found, he looked into his um, Portuguese nasal hair trimmer, which I presume isn't a <laughs> euphemism, and said, uh, what about these new uh, batteries, DMEGC, DMEGC. I don't think they are new players. I think I've seen them before. Yeah, what, I mean, D-M-E-G-C, it sounds like something we've seen before, but I, I don't recall, to be honest. I do have, uh, actually, a, a Val wet and dry, rinses clean uh, nose, nose trimmer, so could pop mine on yeah, and see what's in job. there. Oh, get you get um, older, they just never stop growing, do they? Let me just let me my little battery. It's got max power, max power. A classic of the Luton Pete show. It's a classic. Yeah. Um, there was a tweet, Peter, that you shared on, on Twitter last week. All right. Um, or I think it might have been the lady you have access to shared it. <laughs> and it was a draw full of nothing but Duracell batteries. And at the Luke and Pete Show community were outraged. I mean, there was yeah. no other brand apart from Duracell. So do you want, do you want to kind of explain that? But yeah, the, the um, partner I have access to um, saw fit to expose my uh, own battery drawer, even though she enjoys access to D-cells, uh, AAA, AA, uh, C, C's as well. A bigger uh, kind do you of get, do you make sure well. you've got a certain amount of all the different types of cells? Got one of each. Got one at least one of each uh, yeah, at any one time. I bought some electronic bins, Luke, and uh, they when you go wave your hand in front of them, they, they open, and then when you go away, and uh, they take two big chunky cell batteries. And I thought I'd be going through them at quite a, a whacking rate, but unfortunately, no, it, it, uh, they, 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 um, they, they, they last quite a long time. Uh, so I've got a drawer full of, of batteries, and yes, they are all Duracell because I bought them from your friend and mine, a Tesco's, and they don't. Oh, right. sell any other set so well, that's the key though if so, I could have got all of a D-Meg if I could have got all of a D-Meg I would have done but I, I couldn't but that's the thing I think people missed the point when they were outraged about this and I wanted to address this now mm. by saying that these rogue different battery brands you can't buy them right that's the thing mm. with the exception of like Varta mm. which we've seen I've seen Varta shops in Europe and I'm sure mm. there are similar ones in the Far East Generally speaking, you know, you, you, good luck going to the shop and asking them for, you know, an all-key battery. You're not going to find it. So mm. he's got, in some ways, Donaldson's got no choice but to get yeah. go down, go down Duracell Drive and and, and hoover up what he can. <laughs> the you know? paucity, the lack of uh, uh, of kinds of uh, uh, battery batteries. You don't even see an Ever Ready anymore. What happened to them? Yeah, are they, are they made by another company though? Do you think they got bought out by Duracell? Big D. I don't yeah, know. It's possible. Yeah, confusing. I mean, there's there a lot of consolidation one, in, in the cell community these days. The thing that the thing that kicked us off was the Samsung brand. What was the Samsung brand again? I can't remember back in the day. But they they, they yeah. just exclusively came in Samsung uh, remote controls for the television and the DVDs and stuff. And but you do occasionally see the, the those brands uh, in in shops. But yeah, very very little, very very little uh, choice. Unfortunately, great look, yeah. Waitrose, great range of asparagus tips, but. 
and, and, and blueberries. There are three different kinds, inexplicably. But um, yeah, it's uh, the battery brands. Are, we need more variety, which was Tesco. I, I completely agree. Um, we've, we've got time for a quick email before we yeah, go. We are over overrunning today, but we, we'll squeeze one in. And this is a, a callback to um, when Jim was on the show and he talked to us about the 80s and 90s um, model and heartthrob Fabio, mm. um, who killed a goose with his face on a um, or a bird with his face on uh, a ride at Bush Gardens well interestingly enough Michael listener Michael friend of the show Michael has got in touch saying I was at Bush Gardens on the fated day of Fabio's bird battle imagine that I knew someone would have been I knew we'd, our tentacles would reach this far um, and he says, my friend David and I had queued at 6 a.m. to stand in line to be some of the first people to ride Apollo's chariot. And as soon as the gates opened, we sprinted as fast as we could to get in the line. The park is quite big, and by the time we made it there, there were already maybe 100 others in front of us. Little did we know that it didn't matter when we got there because some romance novel goon was slated to ride that chariot before all of us. It was clear... That something had happened after the first coaster took off, though, uh, as promptly stopped and the media took off uh, running for the uh, for the ride. Jokes on you, Fabio. We might have had to wait three hours for them to clean the ride of your blood and bird gore. But my <laughs> nose didn't get busted. They didn't do a great job of hiding the carnage, though, because a fleet of golf carts hurried him away. All in all, a good day, says Michael. Um, I had a big Renaissance fair-sized turkey leg and frozen lemonade. Lots of love from San Francisco, Michael. So Michael's had a good day. That's yeah, one of those turkey legs like you get. A solid, solid America, Americana day of fun. A romance novel goon on a, a roller coaster. I like the fact that it was called uh, Apollo's Chariot as well, because I guess it would be, wouldn't yeah. it? Because that's why they chose him to ride the first one, because he's like a yeah. All the, like all the other boy, people, yeah, all the other people around him were women dressed in like togas. <laughs> yeah, which only really does show off the blood, you would say. Um, so mm. un- unlucky Fabio. It's a, it's a great story, and great to be reminded of it as well. Absolutely right. That's about it for this time. Um, End of another week of Luke and Pete shows. We've bloody enjoyed talking to you. Thank you very much for your company today. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, We'll be back on Monday with more of this. Uh, If you want to get in touch in the meantime, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. You're welcome to get in touch with us about anything you've heard on today or Monday's show or anything you'd like us to talk about in the future or if anything interesting has happened to you. Before I go, I must just say that... um, a while back, we were sponsored by Lego, right? Is that right, Pete? Uh, I and, believe so, yeah. And I got sent a big Lego um, Ghostbusters car, mm. and my wife and I finally completed it this week. It is, honestly, it is brilliant. I was, <laughs> I was, you know, you know, I approached these things with a, with a degree of cynicism. Mm. But the detail and the enjoyment of building that car was so good that I feel like I have to say it. I'm not being paid to say this. No. Uh, I've not been endorsed. I've not been told to endorse it for any particular reason, but genuinely, it was brilliant. And so I had yeah. a lot of time, a lot of fun, uh, uh, spent a lot of time putting it together with my wife. It's fantastic. I wanted to say that before we go, but we'll be back on Monday. If you have had a chance to get stuck into some Lego, great stuff. It is great stuff. I completely look, forgot how much I've fun got, it was. Look, I've, got, I've literally got the Ferrari, because I chose the Ferrari, uh, like some cruel, sick jock in the week that I uh, don't pass my test. <laughs> I'm still, I'm looking right now at the Ferrari. It's in the corner of the room. I'm, 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 I, I need to sit down and build it. Gosh darn it. Mate, it was <laughs> brilliant. It was such good fun. It was a real blast from the past. Anyway, thank you very much, then, <laughs> And to you for listening, more importantly. We'll see you again on Monday. Have a lovely weekend and stay out of trouble and look after yourselves. Ta-ta!
was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.